1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
2: because you can't you won't and you don't stop ladies and gents welcome to the football ramble world cup qualification is underway and metro is among the goals it's
3: thursday 25th of march i'm marcus speller i'm jim campbell and i'm Eddie russell
2: Right, ladies and gentlemen, the bloody World Cup
3: qualification is underway, Jim Kelly. Yes, isn't can it? Can you feel it? I can feel it, because obviously the pandemic has truncated football mm-hmm. so much and moved the calendar around and like the World Cup's next Christmas. <laughs> like that's snuck up, hasn't it? Like Yes. It's really weird. It, it is, well in it it is two really Christmas's time. Well, yeah, very good point yeah N- next year's Christmas. Next, saying the words it's the next is a bit of a weird quirk of the
2: English language, isn't it? Yeah, because I knew what you mean you, you don't mean this Christmas, you mean next yeah, one. but you're
3: right and I hadn't considered that. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's next year's Christmas and it's the World mm. Cup and the qualifiers are now on the euros as soon as it's, it's all a big mess, but a good one. Yeah, it's,
1: it's close to the World Cup for the qualifiers to start. It really is. but listeners, you can sense mm-hmm. Marcus's excitement whenever we're talking about international football. yeah I mean he always does a rousing intro to the show. <laughs> (laughs) But he also did a smashy and nicey Backman Turner overdrive (laughs) and signal as we started to say, Let's rock, ladies and gentlemen. It's international football.
3: (laughs) He's
2: absolutely glad. The last time.
1: Involuntary, I suspect.
2: Oh, it was a bit of both. A bit of both.
3: Can it, dip, it be a bit of
2: both? Uh, I like to. Well, <laughs> in, in that in that um, I like to give the uh, I like to give the illusion that I wasn't paid for it, whereas of course I was. I see. Um, yes, uh, because last Tuesday, Jim, we had very little football to talk about, and mm. now we've got international football. Got all of it. My goodness. Yeah. Well, not quite England yet, but it has tonight. that's tonight. That oh come on. Three points against San Marino. Let's
1: not jinx it. Save, um, save the best bit for last, Marcus.
2: <laughs> Indeed. Um, Belgium played Wales. Uh, the Welsh lost 3 1, of course. It was the first time since that famous Euro 2016 quarter final, and Belgium finally got their revenge, team with, the,
3: with their own 3 1 win. Yeah, it looked like, you know. Wales might yeah. might might have a little dig at them there. That what a wonderful goal, goal mm. to open the scoring from Harry Wilson! Uh-huh. A beautiful, beautiful bit of teamwork there, wasn't it? Just what was, is, isn't what it? is Welsh for Barcelona?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, the Barcelona Britain—they're going to be called from there. It,
1: it was magnificent, wasn't
2: it? It was. It was an absolute peach. Um, but it was a shame that they then when I lost 3-1 because that goal sort of gets slightly forgotten so we want to honour that goal today mm. ladies and gentlemen and that's the honouring over um, so yes uh, Gareth Bale was, was involved he got the assist he said it was nice to get away from club football <laughs>
1: Just, <laughs> he
3: doesn't care does he Bale
1: oh, and he's, he's, w- that he's
2: worked him. very hard to be fair at club football he, he looked yeah.
1: like he was having a super time though it was yeah. nice he was all smiley he had that scissors kick that could have been an equaliser yeah. in the second half is he, the, is he sort of
2: Michael Owen territory in that he plays for Wales but he kind of is like almost like loaned out to his club, you know, like with yeah. Owen when he would he would play more times for England than Newcastle United.
3: It's like the opposite of Ryan Giggs, isn't it? Well? <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. They finally got one.
3: Yeah, and also I should clarify that when I say that Gareth Bale doesn't care, I don't mean about sport. I mean just about the, the rigmarole of like of of doing interviews where you say nothing. Mm. He doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't do that, does he? He's yeah. Just like, yeah. I'll- I'll go back to Madrid in a year. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, that's very blunt. It's what, well, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the deal. And no doubt they'll welcome me
2: with open arms. Yes, is my.
1: I I, I really loved the the guys' discussion on the show about it yesterday. But the, the, the first thing that occurred to me is he's 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 dumping them before they can dump him. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Surely, maybe. because as as Luke was saying, there's no real way for it to to happen without some major financial gymnastics yeah the, the one thing i did love that, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't mentioned yesterday and um we don't we don't really get bogged down in this is the headline in ass uh, i think sid lowe tweeted it out where it said um bail threatens to come back <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> amazing that, that, yeah <laughs> unless uh yeah they do something drastic he's coming back to collect all his monies Exactly. Oh, Andy Blamey, O'Reilly. Uh, sad news for, or oh, news rather. Sad happenings for for Joe Allen forced off after just seven yeah. minutes, first international start since two thousand and nineteen. That was a shame, uh, of course. But Belgium, they've got quality. We know this, and Kevin De Bruyne has stepped up with a lovely one. And Romelu Lukaku scored his fifty eighth international goal. That's unbelievable. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? Fifty eight international goals. Yeah, not good enough
3: for Olle Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United. Probably not. I mean, he's been playing since he was very young, though wasn't it? Um, and playing like at a high level since he was very young so it kind of makes a bit more sense but still it's impressive stuff. I mean that's a phenomenal international
1: You know player. what else he's doing? He's removing prejudices about left-footed penalty takers <laughs> which I think exists simply because so few of the population are, are left-footed. I thought Stuart
2: Pearce did that Andy back in 96.
1: Um, yeah I mean <laughs> people who are in Turin in in 1990 might disagree with you. It's, it's, it's not about never missing a pen is it? But I, I think that the way he takes it, mm-hmm. I can't think of someone I'm. I'm so convinced he's going to score a penalty at the moment, apart from maybe Neymar, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who has a similar kind of false element to the run-up. Yes, I see what you mean.
2: Oh, Bruno Fernandez.
1: Yeah, but he's he's missed a few this season, has not he?
2: Only one. Harry Kane as well. You put him down as a good penalty taker. Yeah, sure. Okay, all right, all, all right. List all your favourite penalty yeah, I mean, takers. Go how on. long is this going to take? <laughs> well, I'm just dis- disproving Andy Russell's, uh little theory there. Is, is,
1: well, I'm talking about left-footed penalty takers. And, and you've, you've started bringing it on to Bruno Fernandes. But no, no, you carry on. You start bringing up Matt Letitia. Go on, poison the well.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, because Lionel Messi,
2: he's
3: Mr. Right, Fairview. get a cup of tea. Do you want anything? <laughs> Who takes the pens for Arsenal? Um, Aubameyang takes them yeah. often. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we are. It's Lacazette sometimes. Um,
2: uh, Inter, it Inter's nutritionist revealed that he had to wean Romelu Lukaku off some bad dietary habits. From his days at Manchester United, which includes pizza with pineapple. Mm. Now I, is that that's just uh you know that... what the bloody hell are you putting pineapple on a pizza? Yes, that's that just an Italian Boring
3: cook. age old debate, isn't it? Um, <laughs> that, well it's, it's Anyone it's on a dating
1: not, app will be bored of seeing. It's definitely not flying in northern Italy, is it? I wouldn't have thought so. No, 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 no. Yeah. No. No. I mean there's there's that Twitter account, isn't it? Italians Mad at Food. <laughs> where uh they they sort of judge your uh tuna carbonara and stuff Yeah, oh I, I mean anyone who's making tuna carbonara should be judged to be clear
2: I'd give it a go um, But what, I mean what, what, what do we think of Belgium then Andy you know we know this is a talented side do you put them as, as one of the favourites for say the Euros despite this being a World Cup qualifier how highly do you rate them
1: I, I, I do rate them but I think we've spent so long thinking of them as a, mm-hmm. a side to watch for the future yeah. this, this is this generation's last chance Yeah. of course Lukaku's a little bit younger than that um, but, you know, you look at Aldo Varel, Azar, if he he makes it. Although Torgan mm-hmm. scored last night, yeah. of, of course, the crucial second goal. Um, so I, th- I think they deserve to be mentioned uh, amongst the favourites. But there's a lot of pressure on this. And they do have a recent history in the Euros, or particularly when we're thinking of Wales, of fluffing golden opportunities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but then the
2: World Cup, though.
1: Yeah, they were excellent against Brazil in the quarter. Yeah, And it was a bit of a deflating... Semi exit. Yeah, but
2: that France side, it just, it was a grind out that result. You know, mm. you can't blame them for losing 1 0. Yeah, but,
3: but this is what they've got to overcome, though, isn't it? They, they've, as, as you say, Andy. like, it, But France were the best side. I mean,
2: annoyingly, because of the, the style. Of course. Although they did have that great game against Argentina. But we're saying they were just pipped yeah. by France in the semi. But I think
3: because of that, there's perhaps. There's a lot of pressure on Belgium to, to deliver on this generation. But there's also maybe a little bit of an inferiority complex because precisely because they haven't managed to deliver before. So it's there's pressure from all sides on them. Mm. it be really interesting to see see how they do because they've got to overcome it at one point or perhaps this is it for a, a while. Yeah. yeah Although that I mean, said, they've become one of those teams with a production line of talent. So... That's true. But I
2: mean, Mm. Wales themselves, you know, Bale said that he'd love a shot at the World Cup. Of course they would. Mm. You know, we don't remember their exploits in 2016. Um, They didn't make it to World Cup uh, 2018. Um, But so, yeah, not a great start. But I mean, losing away, they've got their hardest game out the way. You you could say it like that. Um, Might I just point you in the the direction of uh, former Wales striker Robert Earnshaw? Yes. Who's. Twitter observations are quite something, ladies and gentlemen. I would employ you to, to, to check that out. On Friday he wrote, What if plants and trees are actually farming us, giving us oxygen till we eventually decompose and they can consume us? I love this.
3: See a lot of a lot of people <laughs> like are replying to him going, Oh yeah, I remember my first beer. And like making jokes that aren't actually their own that they've heard someone else say, thinking that they're funny. Um but I, I think that Rob earnshaw has got a <laughs> I think Rob earnshaw has got a future as a sort of Mitch Hedberg, Adam Hess style comedian. Do you think just he's like, aware just, of it? I, I, I don't think that matters as long as people as long <laughs> as it's funny.
2: But that just stick him on a stage. I mean they're laughing, yeah. I suppose they're enjoying it. Exactly. Mm. Did he not tweet something like Um, the hospital in which you're born and is it the only hospital that you leave
3: but don't actually enter or yes. something?
2: A wonderful it's, observation. Exactly,
3: he's got loads of them. And it's, it's, he raises a valid point about trees as well. Like, mm. I sometimes worry that plants can feel... And you have to think about what you know. What would that if we learn that about the world? Should we slag them off when you walk you, past them? Well, you, you might hurt them as you step on the grass. You know, maybe mm. trees feel it as you knock them down. Yes. Like knock them down, chop them down. Um, How many trees are you chopping down? Well, I'm not doing it, but, but I am aware it happens. But Lumberjack like, if we Campbell if we discovered there. for a fact that yeah. trees feel pain, we'd be like, oh god, what we. How, how does society adjust to that? So I'm interested in Rob Earnshaw's thinking. Care. I'm interested in Earnshaw's, think, Earnshaw's thinking, and let's have more of it, is All what I'm right. saying. All
1: right. I think you've got to the point where you've watched everything on Netflix and you're now on YouTube footage of Day of the Triffids. You might be right, yeah.
2: Well, yeah. well there we are. Don't just uh, rabbit holes on there. Wales <laughs> face Czech Republic next Wednesday, who beat Estonia 6 2, and Tommy Suchek scored a perfect hat trick. <laughs> It's what a season it. he's having. He can't stop, can he? It's brilliant. He's absolutely phenomenal. He just picked up the men's Czech footballer of the year award yesterday as well. A lovely old time he is having.
1: Mm. That would be something, wouldn't it, if, if another great Czech team emerged. Oh, wouldn't you that know, be cause, brilliant? Because they really should have won Euro 2004. And it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's quite easy to forget that. Mm. Well,
2: hopefully they won't beat England in these Euros, Andy. So We don't want them to peak too... <laughs> um, but Serbia beat Ireland three two, and uh, it was all about Alex Mitrovic. Uh, Mitro, he, he scored two lovely goals coming off the bench. That first one, that yeah. first Delicious. goal, I mean, it was glorious. You'd be hard pressed to find a better goal in the international break. I think.
1: Did Did anyone else get feel a bit angry off the back of that goal because it's just a, a sort of shot into the player that he could be? Yeah. Um, But never will be.
2: International football and the championship is where that... No, international
3: qualifying and the championship is where that man does his best work. But it's like, in the Premier League, he looks like a sort of... Just a really immobile kind of plodder, doesn't he? But Mm. then unleash him on those stages and he's just got so much more to his game. And
1: I think you look at the start of that game where um, Dragan Stojkovic, who's the coach there now, Mm -hmm. does the right thing. He starts... Uh, Dusan Vlaovic who's been playing really well mm-hmm. for Fiorentina scores a great goal Lovely to, to equalise mm-hmm. and you think right it's, it's all over for Mitro now <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> this is the end of his oh, international no. career and then he pulls that out the back he's so contrary oh he yeah. is Well, and,
2: and, and those two goals means that he's um, Serbia and Yugoslavia's all time um, goal scorer uh, he's got the all time goal scoring record with 38 goals in 62 matches and that scoring record has been untouched for 65 years
1: it's a phenomenal
2: achievement. You know, it is
1: amazing. But what I particularly enjoyed about this game is where you had a Mitrovic winning it at one end of the pitch. You had mm-hmm. Stefan Mitrovic, mm-hmm. the Strasbourg defender, trying to lose it at the other game of the pitch. <laughs> like he, he made the mistake that led to Ireland's second goal. Yeah, um problem. it could have given away a penalty. Um, for what was, what was a foul. I mean, it was so obviously mm. a foul because he turned around and looked at the referee with a really worried face <laughs> after having made it. And the, and the ref gave, it, gave a corner anyway. But of course, we've got no VAR which is you didn't I, need it though did you i know i know we've spent a lot of time well as a, as a footballing society we've mm-hmm. spent a lot of time complaining about var but then you had mm-hmm. that going against ireland you had the amazing antoine Griezmann goal for france mm-hmm. against um ukraine. ukraine that should have been disallowed for an offside against pavar in the in, in the in the build up mm-hmm. so you kind of realize how much it's Part of our our fabric. Mm, I'd be yeah. interested to know if people are more annoyed by those errors or if like yeah, they would still rather I th- I ditch think, VAR.
3: I think people have short memories on that because it there were mistakes that cost goals or cost teams goals. Yeah, all the time, like yeah. all the time. It was it was why VAR came in because it was becoming untenable. It mm-hmm. felt because obviously the game's so fast now and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And it was you know it, VAR is annoying in a different way, but overall I think more decisions are correct now. So. I mean, obviously, it needs improving as well, but it is, um, you know, it, it was really annoying without it as well. Yeah, I don't.
2: For me, it's the sort of celebration. If you think a goal yeah. is perfectly fine, and then it takes away the sort of pattern, it's which really was a, which was a strong argument from people beforehand.
1: I mean, I mean, the real question is: Do you need VAR when a defender commits a foul and turns <laughs> around and looks well, at the referee
2: I, with a really worried face? Indeed, <laughs> yeah.
1: Just take the hint, mate. Well, Come
2: on, but just but just think about it though. When Ireland scored their first goal. Since last September, which was a drought stretching back seven matches, now there was nothing wrong with that goal as far as I could see. You know, there would have been no sort of VAR, but but just say, you know, Stephen Kenny's celebration on the touchline—that's what I mean. If yeah. that's wiped off through VAR, like a really like a toenail offside or yeah. something like that, that's where I go. Ah, oh, you want to see that? But they scored. They lost. Of course, it was a difficult, difficult game away to Serbia, um, but not a great start for Ireland and and you know you, you lose your first game you're sort of up against it a bit so we'll see how they um, get on because they're in a group with Portugal mm. and you, you always want to play Portugal first in the group because there's usually three points or, or, yeah. or a poor Portuguese performance slow they slow starters they do like to
1: create a bit of difficulty for themselves they at certainly qualification do. level well, and they tried their best
2: by beating Azerbaijan only 1-0 so Azerbaijan <laughs> was still in the game all the way um, but it was it was a fairly comprehensive one nil uh, in uh... <laughs> gifted
1: to them by a ridiculous own goal. Ah, oh, Gordon
2: Bennett. <laughs> um, but you know that's uh, yeah th- th- three points nonetheless. Um, the game was played in uh, Turin, of course, um, not Portugal. It was a bit of a strange one, having Portugal as a Brazil. But Cristiano Ronaldo convinced the Portugal national team to move their training base to his home city of Turin for this international. Of course break. he did. Of
3: course he did. Well, it, in his own personal stadium. <laughs>
2: This, I mean, this did allow Bruno Fernand and other Premier League um, players who play for the Portugal national team to avoid Portugal's own travel restrictions. Um, uh, but yes, uh, but he reportedly pushed to bring the game, yeah. uh, the last night's game against Azerbaijan to Juventus's
3: Alianza Arena. He'll be on Is the it... phone to UEFA going, can we just do the Euros in, in <laughs> Turin? <laughs> what is about Madeira it... <laughs> <His> home... <laughs> yeah.
1: is it a little bit like when a teenager borrows that gets gets the keys and gets the run of the, the family home while the parents go away like because it's international yeah. break and he's just uh, yeah, I'm just gonna have a few mates over it's like, it's like a Facebook party isn't it staging an international yeah. match
2: I think it's more the friend who says yeah if you want to if you want to hang out today you have to come over here because I'm not leaving yeah and everyone just goes <laughs> around there I and mean, they it's... do it every time <laughs> Absolutely unbelievable. But they're there and they won 1-0. Uh, elsewhere in qualifying, Turkey beat the
3: Netherlands 4-2 in perhaps the game uh, of uh, of Wednesday evening. It was brilliant. Yeah, although it couldn't live up to the Guardian's report it because their live score was counting every goal twice and also every yellow card twice, which would have ended with an 8-4 win to Turkey with them having four men sent off. And the Dutch one man sent off with presumably a double penalty save as well. So I mean, the game was good, but it it does not live up to what the Guardian said. We, we only
1: re- we only really discovered mm. this, didn't we? When uh, Jim put something in the in, in the group saying Turkey are winning six, six nil, nil. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I can't. I think it's only
2: three. Like, I, I'm, I'm, so I'm sort of waiting, thinking a three goals going to like in serious quick succession about I, I to go was, in. I
1: was thinking my stream was falling off a cliff yeah. here. <laughs>
2: I used to, yeah, I just thought this is like that game when Lewandowski scored like five goals in four yes. minutes. Said, well, are we going to have
3: like that situation? But no, it was
2: just double
3: reporting, which must
2: have made it terribly exciting
3: for you. Yeah, it? it was great. Maybe that's the way to but do that, it. When I actually turned the game on, it was despite being a brilliant game, it was really disappointing. Yeah, well, Yilmaz. It turns out he only scored a hat trick. Uh, yes. He didn't get the six that uh, you were
2: sort of told. To, he did. to be
3: fair, he's seventy years old, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah. Thirty-five years young. Uh, what a man, Andy.
3: His goal-scoring
2: record, just having a little glance of it over over the years, in the the last sort of 10 years,
1: has been pretty damn good. It it feeds into my theory of, as time goes by, uh, with improved fitness and diet, Mm -hmm. strikers just get better. The best strikers get better in their 30s. I mean, he's a better player now at 35 than he was at 31. Mm. You know, there's, there's, there's absolutely because, no question but in, about that. In
2: theory, you know, you, your intelligence as a footballer, you know, you see more, you experience more, so it should get a bit better. I mean, how many times do you hear people say, ah, oh, you know, I've. I wish I had this intelligence, you know, on the football pitch when I was say twenty-one. When you had the fitness and so on. So if you can keep the fitness going and you can find a way. God,
3: does this mean Erling Haaland's going to be terrorising us till he's fifty? I, uh, the mind <laughs> simply boggles, Jim. Uh,
1: two hundred and fifty goal season. <laughs> of
2: 35. Yeah, I mean, it sort of bucks the trend, though. Uh, we, we, we're thinking of sort of fitness and, and so on and so forth. But yeah, great hat trick for him. A, a marvelous evening. Uh, the Netherlands have only won two of their first seven games under Frank de Boer. Oh. Not really it's good, not it? looking for, for looking good for Frank the Farmer.
1: Or you, you might say, if you're a Palace fan, two out of seven games. I take Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's, it's not too bad. I mean, you think about it, how well they went under old Ronnie Koeman Andy, and he now De Boer's um, in charge. It, 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 I mean, you know, okay, they were three 0 down. They they brought it back to three two. They have ultimately lost the game four two. That that record doesn't look too good and it's largely the same crop of players you'd say
1: I think the thing is as well they played quite naively in that I know people I know they're missing say, Van Dijk as well yeah so. I know people will say that but when they're 2-0 down in that game you think mm-hmm. you're probably standing there thinking Hang, we've been the better team so far yeah and you know I think Turkey played them very very mm. smartly yeah, yeah, and it's different because they've got a very experienced coach in uh, Senol Um mm-hmm. but that they they look the part Turkey and of course Turkey have a a defence that could turn into something really good with uh, Mm. Ozan Kabak and uh, Salah Soenju. Absolutely Andy absolutely. Uh,
2: Did you see that the uh, former Netherlands striker Marco van Basten who it's fair to say he didn't get well he got the injury really so that was a a great chance for him but he was reiterating his uh, belief yesterday that football should ditch the offside rule because he is convinced it would be more entertaining without it.
3: Yeah. I mean, he,
2: he said teams would find a way of playing without it. If the attackers can move behind the defenders, there are much more possibilities for goals. It will make the defending more difficult. On the other hand, when you were defending, if there is no
3: offside, you can always have one or two players far away. I'm not convinced. You're not convinced? No, I mean it's uh, it would be the biggest change to the sport since probably the addition of the crossbar. <laughs> <laughs> so it would be it'd be fascinating to see. Like part of me wonders if with the shrinking attention spans just of of human beings in general, if this might actually become a bit more credible in the future. Oh, it like, seems quite
1: Andrea Agnelli, Marcus.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems quite pie in the sky at the moment, doesn't it? But Van Basten's been banging this drum for a long time. He won't let it lie, no, will he? No, he won't. Exactly. He's really adamant about it. And which, given the, the way that Saki's Milan played, is quite interesting. Because mm-hmm. uh, they were, you know, very, very reliant on the offside trap. But... Um, yeah you know, I, I I wonder what would actually happen because the, the example that van basten cites is, is is with hockey who removed their offside rule and mm-hmm. apparently it's made the game a lot better and it flows a lot better and obviously the different sports but they they are comparable there's there are certain parallels there yeah I would love to see it tested at least just mm-hmm. to see to see what happened because tactics would have to evolve a lot and they would, they would you know, they would change quite a bit. The sport would change quite a lot. And the danger is it would just be shit. It would be too easy or it just <laughs> well, would be too chaotic. Well, we've,
1: we've not been afraid, football has not been afraid to undertake changes that might make the sport more shit. Yeah. But they,
3: they don't rode back on them though. They're like, VAR's not going away.
1: Yeah, if VAR yeah.
3: stays... Well, as- they rode back on,
2: I mean, this is not quite the same and not quite impactful, but things like gold and gold and silver Yeah, gold, true. Which yeah. again, I understand doesn't impact the game nearly as much as, as what we're talking about. So and the um,
1: offside rule has been constantly fiddled with it has as, as, as well you would think perhaps
3: all sorts of scoring records would, would start to fall it might be the sort of anno domini of football stats like just it would be
1: this huge huge change I mean yeah. you're, you're absolutely furious if you're Pippo and Zach. exactly right. <laughs> I, I mean, well, you I mean, talk about strikers getting better. He's back in business if this happens.
2: Yeah. yeah. Peter Crouch, get him back in there. Come out get out for retirement. Get think, the target man. This is for the target well, man. If, yeah. if
1: you don't ever have to run out of the penalty box. Yeah.
2: I mean, I get had a big this man sort in
1: there. last weekend when.
2: Um, Andy Carroll's going, come on. <laughs> Exactly.
1: When, when Benevento, won, who Pippo and Zagging now coaches, mm-hmm. won at Juventus last weekend and against his old club he not only celebrated the win as he should, as he should. Uh, but he celebrated it like one of his goals on the touchline it was beautiful mm. it was absolutely beautiful I, think, I would love yeah, to see some more of that he would He
3: would just wait in the goal wouldn't he till the ball came near then pop out and score
1: yeah, that's all you need he'd mate. spend
3: the whole game just chatting to the goalkeeper you
2: need You I, need a, a, a midfielder who can rake passes sort of Kevin De Bruyne I even say John Joe Shelby? I think Newcastle is quite set so, up for this.
3: Mate, say Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> John Joe Shelby and Andy Carroll. I can the see offside that.
2: rule gone. Newcastle. Shelby
1: becoming the Patrick Mahomes of the Premier League.
2: I'm just saying Newcastle, Europa League, that's what they're looking at <laughs> if, they, if this rule comes in. You'd
1: get a lot of that Dion Dublin goal, wouldn't you, where he was stood behind, was it Shea Given who threw yeah. it out in front of him yep. and he just snuck round mm, and, mm-hmm. and scored. You yeah. get a few of those goals. Now I did like that goal. Mm-hmm. whether i would like it if you had it like three times a game i don't know but... i
2: don't know andy i don't know something you do like andy is interviewing fulham midfielders
1: i do and uh, there's a, a ramble meets out there a ramble meets with a twist with uh, fulham's andre frank zambo and gisa um where it's 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 on instagram mm. uh, there's, there's there's a video element to it Um, mainly because it was in French and it needed to be subtitled. But it also gave him the opportunity to show me some of his favourite shirts from his career. And there's some crackers in there. I know that producer Charlie's coveting a few of them. So maybe, listeners, if you go and uh, watch it and give it enough likes, then... Frank might show his gratitude by sending Charlie one of his shirts. Outrageous. (laughs) Absolutely outrageous. (laughs) I didn't say he was sending me one of his shirts.
2: Uh, Dibs on the Cameroonian. I would take it off, Charlie. Go and give it a watch on our Instagram. You can find the link in today's synopsis. Right. Let's have a quick break.
0: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week at Sukarnov...
3: On WrestleMe, Mark Haynes has been telling me about the world's tiniest man. Like you wouldn't remember that guy <laughs> coming in. <laughs> flobbing in. Like it's a big a pancake. Massive sort of soft biscuit. <laughs> Are you sure he's six inches? Do you remember him? Do I remember him? Do I? <laughs> right, then he isn't <laughs> six inches. He's tall. got a very unique body. <laughs> you can also join me on the Luke and Pete show where me and Luke have been trying to come up
1: with excuses for our poor hairstyle choices. Now, more than any other era of my life, I care less and less about what other people think. Mm, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. I think we're at the time of life where we've probably got more disposable income than we had ten years ago, and we don't give a shit about what anybody thinks, and that's how midlife crises begin. I buy this stupid thing. I've got a scooter now. I'm wearing a ponytail. All that and a whole lot more. That's to <laughs> I read something, uh, some some quote from uh, the worst manager
2: in the history of the Premier League, um, Frank De Boer, uh, seven matches, seven defeats, zero goals, where he was saying that uh, it's not good for Marcus Rashford to have um, a coach like me. If he was coached by Frank, he would learn how to lose, uh, because he lost every game. (laughs) And and he lost another one last night, Jose. Once again, Mourinho wins.
1: (laughs) I mean, there can't be many times that you're listening to Jose Mourinho speak and you think, I really wish I was Arsene Wenger.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right, ladies and gentlemen, all this international football chaos and excitement has been marvellous. Of course, let's just now calm it down. Let's bring it all down with one of my favourite jingles that we've been sent so far. It's Toby Elliott's jingle again.
3: If you got a new nickname for Pete, or oh, you're a big fan of Vish. If you want Jules to swear at
2: you, or you think Jim's a dish. If you like Kate's pop culture references, or got a Sven story for speller. If you disagree with Luke or think that Andy's far too clever, email show at football ramble. Football,
1: Ramble, it's beautiful, but I, I think I feel far too relaxed. Yeah, emails it, I tell out. you what,
2: whenever I hear that jingle... Whatever I was wearing before the jingle, I'm not wearing it. <laughs> Whenever I finish, we're all now sat in smoking jackets, and it's just—it is absolutely glorious. Send your uh, jingles to showatfootballramble.com, or you can tweet us like uh, Toby did at footballramble. Uh, and my goodness, you know, there's some good ones. Thank you very much for all those who have sent them in. Right, Andy?
1: Uh, Will Bennett is definitely in his smoking jacket. He says, I have further evidence to back up Mr. Campbell's definitely serious claim that Jose Mourinho is still working for Chelsea. (laughs) I was listening to a retro ramble back from the 2013-14 season because, yes, I do have a lot going on. Thank you very much for asking. When some comments from our anti-hero Jose Mourinho were being discussed, fresh from scoring a hat-trick for West Brom that got Sir Alex sacked, Romelu Lukaku Didn't get a look-in at Mourinho's Chelsea. Instead, he was loaned out to Everton with Jose, opposite opting for the proven striker, Fernando Torres, even though he was proven shit. Oh. Oh, hang,
2: candy, on, candy. hang on, hang We've on, got to get
1: through this. We've got to get through this. Right, okay. This is Will's opinion. <laughs> <laughs> this looked even worse once Lukaku started the season firing them in, whilst Chelsea's attack was blunt. But was this a mistake by the special one? Was it? Fuck, Jose... <laughs> tried to claim that loaning Lukaku out was an ingenious way to take points off his rivals. Is this starting to sound familiar? Mm -hmm. Have we stumbled upon one of the biggest conspiracies the Premier League, nay the sport of association football, nay the concept of sport itself (laughs) have ever seen?
3: The plot thickens, Jim. The plot does indeed thicken. It's looking more and more likely that he is still... Involved with Chelsea. Get your Jose Mourinho,
2: get your evidence in this uh, yeah, ongoing ev- get get your Jim Campbell investigation. Conspiracy, conspiracy <laughs> ev- evidence in... <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Jim, I mm. believe you got an email.
3: I do, from Matt Greenman. He's been in touch. He says, I wanted to add to your stories about incidents with those lightweight plastic cheap footballs or floaters, as we used yeah, to I, call we, them. Yeah, I used to call them floaters. Some people yeah. say penny, penny, penny floaters. But yeah.
2: I, we would just say floaters, which I know does sort of suggest, you know, a, a little piece of jobby hanging around <laughs> in a in a sort of a, a
3: railway toilet or something like that. A little piece of... <laughs> Anyway,
2: we be's jobby? Picture the scene. It's summer
3: 1999, Tenerife, and a bunch of wide eyed 18 year olds head off for their first full
1: on lads' holiday. I'd
3: imagine there'd be a lot of sounds like that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's just lads get together and don't really use words anymore.
2: Don't need them. Spells, Uh, would
1: you have been 18 in 1999? Were you on this holiday? Not
3: yet. Not yet. I was coming up 18 Mm. next year. Right. So, uh, this being the case, one of our group had not applied any sun cream to his legs, so the sun proceeded to turn his shins red raw and cover them in huge yellow blisters. He spent the next few days in bed, unable to walk, but one evening joined us on the beach as we had a kickabout with a freshly purchased floater. (laughs) Despite not being any kind of footballer and still suffering from the aftermath of his first day, Fry Fest, he ended up in goal. You know where this is going. Within 15 seconds one of the lads decided to comically smash the ball as hard as he could and despite the fact it was nowhere near going in the direction of the goals it almost immediately took a major turn and headed directly towards him. Boom! The ball crashed directly against his shins out of nowhere. The noise was like the crack of Indiana Jones' whip against bubble wrap as his blisters burst open. We all fell silent. He fell over, wincing in pain, cursing the physics-defying floater and further regretting his lack of sun cream on day one. Always wear sun cream. 18-year-olds. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think that I'd like to think that
2: half-hearted Yeah well that's it I think that most of them Would have been concerned But you would have had a couple going. Oh yeah without doubt Blistered Barry That he's probably called now Or something like that
3: (laughs) Exactly So that's from Matt Greenman Um, Whatever we are Show at
2: footballramble.com Is the email address Everybody Right back to uh, International football of sorts Ladies and gentlemen Sepp Blatter Has suffered another setback Come on Jimmy doesn't it ah oh, doesn't it make oh, you feel
3: good I I've missed these little updates in a way we used to it's,
2: it is a bit like uh, years ago of course before FIFA you know all that massive investigation Andrew Jennings crucial work and then the FBI got involved on obviously you'd get outraged by the likes of Blatter and Jack Warner and all these kind of figures but there was like a bit of a thrill of
3: the chase, even yeah, though they weren't yeah. actually chasing anybody. But there was a the thrill of sort of highlighting this stuff going on. Well, the fact that they were just, you know, they were so clearly up to no good. <laughs> it was absolutely outrageous. Yeah. And and then when it all came crashing down, that was hilarious. But it's, it's not over, is it? There's another chapter. Well, there's a little bit more. There's a little bit more. FIFA has announced that Set Blatter has been given a new
2: ban of six years and eight months from football. Which, we, which we're very much uh, thumbs-upping. Um, his original suspension in 2015 was due to finish in October, but FIFA's Ethics Committee have found Blatter to be in breach of rules concerning duty of loyalty, conflicts of interest, and offering or accepting gifts or other benefits. Former Secretary-General Jerome Valka, you remember him, um, he's got the same punishment, but it went one better with him because he breached the same rules plus abuse of position. Uh, The investigation also found that Blatter, Valka and others had set up a scheme through which they were allowing themselves to obtain extraordinary benefits with a minimum of effort. (laughs) Now, people might say, is that not just working smart, Andy? Is that not the capitalist dream?
1: I think the supporting documents are interesting Mm -hmm. because you see not just the amount of money they took in, but the amount of money they took in through bonuses, yeah. like beyond their actual salary, mm. and the amount that Valka was getting as well, it's extraordinary. Mm, that's what it's I mean. Absolutely
2: so, extraordinary. So, I mean, that is the word. Is like the extraordinary benefits with with a minimum effort. I mean, it's like uh, yeah, three lunches proper a day, proper
3: gravy train.
2: This <laughs> <laughs> is ridiculous. So, yeah, we're glad that that's been highlighted again, and it's mm. always good to remind ourselves of what's going on at
3: just, FIFA House. Just. I love that they've banned him again for six years. It's like, wait till he's nearly, nearly back, and then we'll ban him again, just so there is absolutely no chance he can get his grubby mitts back near football again. Very much so. And of course, yeah, and it's so
1: clean these days, so, you know, <laughs> I think FIFA's, FIFA's in a good place, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
2: Um, did you see that the, the, the um, CAF, the CAF elections, uh, were decided a couple of weeks ago? Patrice Motsepa was elected after uh, the other three candidates all stepped aside following a meeting with Gianni Infantino. There you go. There you go. uh, Infantino, he stressed the importance of team spirit at at Big Patrice's uh, inauguration.
3: He's a billionaire who made his money in the mining industry, so I'm sure that's exactly what's needed. He's going to have five vice presidents as well, which is very Unai Emery. (laughs) (laughs) It is a bit, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, look forward to... uh,
2: so hearing more about FIFA, perhaps in, in the, in the mm. coming uh, months, years, whatever it may be, ladies and gentlemen. Do not take your eyes off the them. story, ain't over yet. <laughs> uh, what about this, gentlemen? Speaking of extraordinary uh, happenings, uh, now we've been enjoying the career of Pierre Gignac in, uh, in Mexico, and he's scoring absolute hatfuls of goals. So on and so forth.
1: Always trust a man with a three-letter acronym. That's what I say. Absolutely
2: mm. right. Absolutely right. Well, in 2010, um, he was considering a move to one of Valencia, Marseille, or Liverpool. And he revealed this week that Valencia posted him a big slab of ham to try and convince him to join them. <laughs> I love that. That would have genuinely would have worked for
3: me. Yeah, well, he said...
1: Yeah, but he's Gignac. Mm. You send him one. I mean, I think when you receive <laughs> the one, you think no way mate you don't know nothing about me I'm holding out for a yeah. couple
3: here he said I promise you it made me want to go there I yeah. promise you I love that <laughs> it's, it's amazing I'm chatting to his agent imagine it Like, yeah, Marseille are offering uh, three year deal 50k a week uh, appearance bonuses goal bonuses they'll take care of your accommodation mm-hmm. to let, help you settle however long that takes Oh, that's brilliant Is anything else yeah, Valencia have sent some ham. There's no, no further details. Just, just a ham with Valencia's crest on it. I think it's from them. So there is that. Yeah, that's class, I think.
1: I mean, I don't know what Marseille must have included, like a swimming pool's worth of bouillabaisse, perhaps. Maybe. The fish stew they make there. What about Liverpool? That's a good question. What food what do you associate with Liverpool? I
3: don't know. I don't know. Let us know. There's probably some regional delicacy we're, we're not aware of.
1: Yeah, perhaps,
3: perhaps. Um, it is, uh, it's clear, though, what attracts Marcelo Bielsa to a club in
2: Spain. Uh, the visio, video of his presentation uh, for uh, Athletic Bilbao in 2001 has been translated into English. And amidst all the tactical insight, he says um, in 2011, he says, I'm excited about the beautiful bus the club has
3: odd man very odd man Is that and I'm t- delighted that he's so odd and that we get to enjoy him true maybe that was a tactical thing maybe he was the one to, uh,
2: to start the whole part of the bus trend but he said mm. that, unlikely he with said the type that, of football he played though.
1: he said that at the beginning but with his attention to detail he will have turned up before the first pre-season friendly and said I'm, I'm not happy with the bumpers We've got to get them replaced. Do you think? And produced a diagram with the exact specification <laughs> and the exact material that they uh-huh. must be made from.
2: With a little sticker on the, uh, on the window saying, honk if you're horny. <laughs> exactly. Theory, <laughs> I mean, um, me. Well, uh, I, 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 one of his uh, fellow countrymen, George Valdano, uh, he claimed in a new book that um, Diego Maradona practised the hand of God, on the training crown before the uh, the famous match in 1986 uh, in the quarterfinal against England. Valdana said, I wasn't surprised when he scored that way against England. I could sense some doubt in his goal celebration when we embraced him. He said, to the kickoff, quick!
3: I ran back very quickly. It's hilarious to me that he practised this, if he indeed did practise it. Because it's just the absolute commitment to mm. getting one over is is amazing. It's the hand that keeps on cheating, isn't it? It's is <laughs> flicking the visa through the ages and the thing that really makes me laugh about all those old England players that were involved or people from the game at the time is that they, they're still f- furious about it. They'll never get over it. And they spit feathers saying like, yeah, he he cheated, he cheated. Like yeah. they're pointing out something that he isn't wasn't openly doing. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, of course he cheated. He che- th- his whole thing is that he cheated openly, and then we can go fuck ourselves. Yeah, that's his position. <laughs> yeah, like he's not claiming otherwise. You being angry about it is what he wanted. Yeah, I mean to be fair, like it,
2: Shilton and Butcher are the main offenders there, whereas, yeah. it, whereas actually, clearly, Garelinaica has, has moved on many, many Quite. moons ago, and also Peter Reid, who has actually kissed. The uh the the right? hand of yeah, I thought I thought you were going to
1: say Peter Shilton has moved on many many moons ago certainly
2: not um they, I assume it was in a hotel bar um y- you know I think so. I think it was, it was in Dubai when Maradona was managing out there was a video of them chatting and he went we like that and he sort of kissed the hand and he was joking around Peter E's got much better things to do than worry about a football match. absolutely does see. exactly um so there we are speaking though gentlemen of England as we sort of were they're on tonight against San Marino big one Andy big one.
1: Isn't it just? Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Um, now, there's been a little bit of chat, and I and I know that it's obviously
3: it is it is only San Marino and so on, but we we're Oh, do you hear that? The big licks there. What's the, that? the digs you're putting in at San Marino there. That's, a, that's they're gonna use that as motivation, Marcus. I think
1: that's hearing you undermine they're them to, like that. Imagine if they did. Imagine if the San imagine... Marino manager
3: they got a point or
2: something and he said, Well, we listened to the football ramble beforehand. It'd be a nice bit of publicity for us though, Andy.
1: Yeah, it'd be wonderful. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um Front three for England. Then. I think
1: that's what they did in uh, 1993 in that game where they scored in the first 10 seconds. Well,
2: this is it. Whenever England play San Marino, I think, keep it tight for the first 10 seconds. <laughs> but,
1: uh, <laughs> that
2: is always my sort of thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, because we don't want that uh, embarrassment again. But, but, but England, though, we've got some games coming up. There's a lot of chat about, you know, England's front three, da da Any immediate thoughts, Jim, on that? because people say, who do you support, who do you put around Harry Kane? Now, this is interesting which formation Southgate goes with, because he seems to like a back three because he's not sure about England's defence, which mm. yeah. you can understand, although John Stones' performances this season will ha- are quite timely. And I don't think Harry Maguire's as bad as people made out. I think no. they look at the price tag, and I think, you look at, for Manchester United, he's been sort of fairly steady. I understand there's a rick or two there, but... Tell me a defender in the world, you know, there's very few at the moment that well, you would well, say was is imperious.
1: Central defences are all about partnerships, aren't they? Yes. So you just need someone who's going to cover his weak points.
2: Yeah. Well, that, I mean, that, that's, and, that's what. You and need. Stones and Maguire have played uh, plenty yeah. of international football together, but but I understand his his reluctance to play a back four. He wants the back three. Get the wing backs. Uh, uh, further up the pitch. Well, he so likes playing
3: Kyle Walker in there as well, doesn't mm-hmm. he? Which gives you that sort of marauding mm-hmm. kind of spare man, which has worked really well in the World Cup. I mean, it, you do you do worry that things like that might be three years out of date. Yeah. And this, there are, you know, there are hints in the in the squad that that could happen. Um, but my pro- my
2: problem is is that I understand the back three. I understand the front three. I want England to play three five three. Uh, and have an extra man on the pitch, essentially. But <laughs> I, I, I always worry with that, with a flat four, with just two in the middle, because you don't have y- Yuri Thielamont, you don't have a young Patrick Vieira yeah. or Roy Keane or somebody like that in there. Yeah. I know Henderson's a very good player.
1: That's where Jude Bellingham's going to come in. Well, of course.
2: I mean, there's a lot of hope there, Andy. Yeah, there Bellingham. is, and
1: it's, it's it's nice that he's actually been able to come as well and due to the law ask. changes.
2: It is, but it's a huge ask for a young player to play alongside, say Declan Rice would probably be the one you could say him and Henderson in there. But, I mean, Henderson's going to start for England when he's fit and when when the big games come around. Yeah, mm. but I, I think... What do you think, though?
1: I, th- I think when you when you look at a game against San Marino, I mean, what better opportunity mm-hmm. is, is there? And to say that is a lot to ask from Bellingham. A lot has been asked from Bellingham all along, since he was given his Birmingham debut, mm-hmm. since he cost... 25 million. Sure, quid but Marino retired his shirt number. But you're talking yeah, about yeah. the games
2: against, you know, that are going to come against, say, like Poland or something like that, and then into the Euros. Do you think England should play a 3 4 3 or do you think they should go 4 3 3, which allows them, you, you, because with a 4 3 3, you can have Sterling. And maybe Grealish alongside Kane, but you could even tuck Foden into that midfield three, or Mason Mount, you know, a bit more attacking that kind of thing.
3: I'd like to see Foden stuff because
2: I feel with the the players England have, you have three four three. Yes, okay, you get the the, the full backs act like wing backs and so on. Mm. Yes, you have your front three, but you miss out on 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 a lot of those players who you think about the way Lingard and Ali played in a three five two in that midfield. I think you can have a bit of that. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be that disappointed actually if he went I, three five two again. I,
1: I think you have a three four three. It makes the most of the players that are in. Do there. you think that's the one then? Yeah, I I do. But you don't because, worry about that central because, the because central two. No, because I I tend to think the the the, the three tend to be a bit narrower mm-hmm. when when you've got a th- when you when you've got a three four three, mm-hmm. which I think suits the sort of players you've got. And obviously not for this, but going forward, I'm thinking about how you would work. Grealish into that team for example and that's something that a 3-4-3 three, three would make the most of but do you I not think, think
2: it? though then that it, well, you would either be picking you, you would be missing out on uh, you know two or three of Grealish Foden Mount who he really likes you know you don't yeah. fit mm. them all in because it's going to be Kane and it and it will be Sterling I think it will be Kane mm. Sterling
3: and Mount yeah and that's what I mean
2: and so therefore the you moment. miss out on, on 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 some of those players my preference I, I wouldn't mind to revert to back to the 4-3-3 because I Back think...
1: four every time he used bells.
2: No, not every time. <laughs> 3 5 two in the World Cup was good. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see what uh, South is going to do. Um, no doubt uh, uh, Kate, Luke and Andy, yourself, will be uh, talking about that tomorrow uh, and looking ahead to uh, some of the games on the weekend. So thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Andy Brassel. Thank you. Thank you, Jim Cow. Thank you. Thank you, listeners. Tune in tomorrow. This was a Stakhanov
0: production and part of the ACAST Created Network.